Ali. Welcome to the first ever podcast for women in sport, WA, where we showcase women's grassroots sport and beyond. Join us as we chat with local women and learn what it means to be a female athlete in Western Australia. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of this amazing podcast we have started. If we say so ourselves. Yep. I mean, yeah, it might be a little bit too early to call it, but if we start positive, it's, yeah. I mean, we'll just keep going with it, yeah? yeah? Agreed, yep. Yeah. Super, super excited. You excited? I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Karen from Women in Sport WA for approaching us. So, what are we going to be talking about today, Riley? Oh, me, oh, me, oh, me. A little bit of me too, yeah. but mostly you. Yeah. No, no, both. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll do both. Well, we thought for our first episode, it would only be fair that we run through our kind of sporting history, what we've done in the past, our experience. Otherwise, we didn't want to be doing a podcast about sport and people would be like, you guys have no experience. What are you guys on about? So we thought it was only fair that we explain our history. Yep. So do you want to kick us off? How much time do we have? Do we have a lot of time? Um, no. Yes. Maybe. All right. Just, just go. We'll Let's, see. We'll, we'll just, just match best through. Of it. All right. Yep. My name is Riley. Twenty-six years of age. I was born and bred in lovely Perth, Western Australia, and I started at a young age of, I believe, five, playing t-ball to start with. So it was my first ever sport that I got introduced to. Was lovely t-ball. So what's t-ball? <laughs> t-ball is like baseball, but with a t. So I get to instead of someone ditching a ball at me, I just hit it off a t. Okay. Yeah. And I was pretty good. Like, Were you? Yeah. Were you modest as well? No, no. <laughs> so I was absolutely loved it. I had so much passion for it. I'd run absolutely everywhere from one side to the other side, catching, hitting, and it was just my jam. I thought it was the world's greatest thing and I was so competitive and passionate about it. So I started that at a really young age and went all the way up until I was no longer allowed to play anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to do the state competitions every March at Laney Park. Uh, it was just a big family event, like, my mom and my dad were involved, so that's kind of what I did. So that was my summer sport. Cool. And then I needed a winter sport because me being me, I needed sport. I couldn't not do anything. Yeah. So I gave netball a go. Okay, yep. Was I would say that I was good. I was good. I had the energy running up and down and I love centre. Uh, I got in trouble a lot. Why's that, Riley? Um. A little bit physical. Okay. A little bit on the physical side. I'm shocked. I got, like, I would give a lot of fouls away. And as a young kid who was just so competitive, it was a little bit disheartening. So I thought, mm, probably not the sport for me. But now looking back, I feel like I'd be really good at it because it's a vicious and ferocious sport. Like, for a non-contact sport, yeah, it's a lot of contact. So maybe if I stuck out, I might have ended up, I don't know, elsewhere with netball, but... Probably not. No, probably not <laughs> So then I needed, obviously, a different sport, and I found out that my dad used to be a soccer referee. So my kind of thought process was, well, Dad, if I play, will you ref my games? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, cool. So the only reason I ever started playing soccer was so that he could then ref my games pretty cute yeah he still claims that that's like he's like really proud that that's the reason that I started as well yeah <laughs> of course he does mm. so I started at a young age again I can't remember what age I would have been but I got put into a team down I just went to the local club really I um, started playing with, with the boys there 
And I I didn't even know at the time, but my mum had quite a bit of a disagreement with the club because they wanted to put me in the lower level with the younger boys because I was a girl. My mum just was like, no, just because she's a girl does not mean she goes down lower. She plays with her peers. She plays with the same age people. Like, that's just how it will work. Yeah, go mum. Yeah, so good on mum for being all strong about us women being in exactly the same. We don't need to be put down a level. So I started with soccer and, again, all things me, I just give, I just go for it, just full on from the beginning. So, again, it was my passion. I loved it. It was all I would do. It was just my time away that I just, it was, it was me to a T. So I did that for many years and then I kind of got to high school age and I joined the Woodvale Secondary College football program. So that was what I did instead of doing physical education was I played soccer instead and then we played all the other schools we were really good (laughs) we won won quite a lot of championships and so again so I did that from year eight all the way up to year 12 Mm -hmm. um and then obviously in that time I went for state championships as well so I I went over with I think the under 15s uh football west team over in Coffs Harbour I then played for the school sports team again I started uh, I think in year nine, went all the way up to year 12. So I started as the baby, worked my way up to pretty much captaincy. So that's what I did for the kind of the state repping side of things. Um, with my school sports, I got selected in the Australian shadow team, which was pretty cool. Uh, didn't get to go away, but <laughs> again, got selected. So I guess it was an achievement to be in the shadow squad. Yeah. Um, while I was playing throughout high school. I played for the women's league when I just kind of started out. I got away from the boys, so I wanted to go into the women's. And then I trialled for NTC. So that was the National Training Centre run by Football West. So at the time it was open age and I was like, so I was training and playing alongside the likes of all the glory players. And so it was just, it was cool. Like I was this youngster playing in NTC And again, it was just my passion. So I was always there, always doing the best that I could. Um, And then we'd play in the boys league. And that's pretty much what I knew. Like that was from what I did from again, from a young age, heading up until they changed the age. They changed it to under 21s and then they changed it to under 19s. So I eventually outgrew it. I got too old. So I (laughs) couldn't really play and do it anymore. So that kind of sucked. But again, I got to experience um, a lot of with Glory girls because the coach was the same for this, uh, the NTC and Glory. So it was a lot of mixed trainings. and So what position did you play? I played – so I started off as striker and then I moved to like left and right back because there was injuries while we were at State. So they just slotted me back there. And then I was – yeah, I was pretty good. <laughs> I was good at it um, I, and I really enjoyed it. So then I ended up moving into centre-back as well and centre-back was the position that I got selected like um, for the Australian side kind of. So that was, I guess, probably my best position. Yeah, so football was a huge part of my life from as young as I can remember. It was my outlet for pretty much everything. I remember having exams on at 9 o'clock and I'd be at training at 7 a.m. Like that's just what I did and how I kind of dealt with things. So once I got too old for NTC, I just went and played for again um, in the Premier League in one of the, in the women's teams there while I was at uni. 
So I went over and played um, for ECU for three years in a row. My first two years I played futsal. I couldn't get a team together for outdoor. There wasn't enough of us, so I just did futsal. And again, there I got selected in the Australian team, but they never taken Australian futsal team away, so I never actually got to go anywhere. And then my last year for uni games, I didn't want to do futsal. I was like, I want to give something else a completely different go and just enjoy things a little bit more so that I wasn't expected to play at such a, a high level. And yeah. Pre- yeah, so I was like, I want to actually go away and just be like, ah, oh, instead of putting the pressure on myself to perform. So when I did touch rugby. Touch rugby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um we were, we weren't very good, but I mean again it was all about having fun. So yeah. it was a good time, good experience. So I did that throughout my uni degree and then I kind of got to the point where I was like, Oh, my uni degree's finishing and I did my knee. Um, so recovery coming back from that didn't really enjoy football as much uh and then again I needed to look into actually getting work and fulfilling my my degree and that so I applied for a job over in the UK and moved over there so I thought it was a good time to retire from soccer uh so I retired and and went over to the UK for four or so years did some traveling and working played a couple of social matches but nothing really ever too serious yeah so what was your favorite like memory of playing football or soccer favorite memory for me would be without a doubt the charity match I did for the Grenfell Towers like so I was lucky enough to represent there was selected a lot of players from the women premier league over there and uh, they had two representatives. One was from the London Fire Brigade and one was from the London Ambulance Service. So that was me. So I filled that spot on that team. And we got to play against all ex-England players. So the likes of Rachel Yankee, Kelly Smith, like it was, they were top-notch players that we were playing against and all for the sake of charity. So I got to be in a full uniform. They had like the pamphlets that you hand out before the game of the like the programs and I was in it. They had my pictures in it and it was such a big deal. And we were raising money for Grenfell Towers. So for anyone that doesn't know, Grenfell Towers was a huge tragedy that happened over in the UK on the June 14th, 2017, a fire broke out in a whole lot of flats. It went up in flames. A lot of people lost their lives. It burnt for numerous hours. There was so many searches. There was people jumping from windows. It was just a tragic, horrific thing to happen. So to be a part of something so special and raise money for funds to go towards that was something that I can't even really put into words to be a part of something so amazing. And all I was doing was playing football. Like, it was just awesome. And we played with, I was rubbing shoulders with top players that have, have been there, have done that, you know, ex-Arsenal players, people that represented their country. And there's just little old me, a paramedic, that was just on the field, like, just, hey, how's how everyone do- doing? <laughs> how did you do? I think I did pretty well. I feel like I held my ground. <laughs> like looking at the, the video, like you wouldn't guess that I've been out for quite some time. I was very unfit, very, <laughs> very unfit. But like I guess you don't really, you lose your skills but you don't all like lose them, if that makes sense. So like they're not up to like top level but your instincts still kind of kick in. Right. So, yeah, that would be by far the best memory that I ever have out of 
my whole football career would be stepping on that pitch in that uniform and just playing for something that's so so meaningful. Sounds great. What was the score? Mm, uh, <laughs> I think from memory, 3-2. I think. Don't quote me on it, but I know that we won. Okay. We won. Like we picked up the big cup and the trophy and the champagne going everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, we won, but I couldn't tell you the actual score because okay. I didn't score any of them. Um, so <laughs> I didn't really track in all honesty right so so what's next what happened after football so after football which I don't think a lot of people thought that I'd ever kind of retire from and hang up the boots I moved back from the UK and was a little bit lost in what I was doing I was trying to find work I didn't really know where to kind of go I came across a wonderful person by the name of Vicky an absolute pocket rocket like Blondie bombshell. She is just amazing. And she asked me if I wanted to play American football. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so she heard about my like my sporting kind of background and then I just give anything a go and I'm all for just playing something. And I wasn't returning to soccer, so I was looking for something else. So Vicky asked if I want to play American football, which was quite funny because I actually looked in play, into playing for the Lingerie League back in the day before I moved to the UK. But again, with my job, I wasn't sure. And, and then I ended up moving anyway, so it didn't really make any sense um, for me. And then, yeah, Vicky was like, do you want to come play? And I was like, oh, come down and watch. So I came down and watched the game. I remember the game being against the Blitz, Curtain Saints, the team that I play for did not do very well, uh, but I was hooked anyway. I think before I'd even rocked up, I was like, I'm going to play. Like, there's no way I'm not going to play. And then just watching, I think, just solidified that, yep, I'm so playing this sport. And then I came down to the next training. I think it was like Monday was the training and I rocked up, not knowing what on earth I was doing. I had no idea, but I kept catching the ball. So I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I can do this. And then my next training session was not so good. Like, pretty That's sure I might have cried on the way home because I was like, I'm horrible. <laughs> They're not going to like me. I started so good and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm just horrible because I'm just not used to that. So I just didn't know what I was doing. And then that obviously turns out I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so so how did it go from playing, like, soccer in a in a pretty competitive league to, to I guess – um, such a niche sport in a very, like, amateur league, I suppose. Well, I mean, when you're this good. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Um, yeah, it was a little bit difficult. Uh, again, I think the level levelness and the intensity as well, but I think as well in my life now, I don't think that being in that intense level would kind of suit me, uh, suit me anymore. Mm. Um, and I, for me... I wanted, I wanted friends. I wanted to like, I've come back and I, everything had changed, and I wanted to be surrounded by some really positive people. And my life was all up, all up in the air. And coming down, and I think I came down for a sport, but the end of it, I kind of have got a family. <laughs> <laughs> I got a big family now, and I and I don't even think I expected that. So even. Like, as much as it's amazing to play the sport and I love it and it's niche and it's so different to soccer, 
I'm addicted to the more side of the family-ness and and being in that environment. Like I've got so many close friends now. I've met my my current partner, which is amazing, down there too. And, yeah, it's just, again, it's a family that I never kind of thought that I'd have or never thought that I needed, in all Mm -hmm. honesty. And and playing for Curtain Saints has just been amazing and I would recommend anyone coming down. So now that I've completely chewed off our listeners' ears and they probably don't even want to listen to anything more. I know. Nobody's going to listen to <laughs> part of this podcast. <laughs> Mara, how did you kind of get into where you are today and what's your history of sport? Um, mine's very different to yours. Uh-huh. So my name is Mara and I'm 31. I was not a very athletic child. Um I just didn't really have any interest. Like I'd run around in breaks and stuff at school, but I never really thought about sport as like a pastime. Um, I do have a very vivid memory of coming second in a race. It was in year three, my mum's reminded me. Um, I'm guessing most of the other girls didn't participate because (laughs) I came second. Oh, my God, you're so harsh on yourself. (laughs) Um, And... The reason I remember it so vividly is because I was so excited and I was like, I'm going to win a ribbon. And then I moved, like, to Poland probably two days later. Why didn't they give you the ribbon then and there? Because I think they were going to give it at assembly or something. So they didn't give it to us on the day. So I never got my ribbon. (gasps) You've been robbed. You haven't got a ribbon. I mean, I've got a box full. Do you want one? Um, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, Okay. I think it's got my school written on it. That might be the only negative thing. We can deal. We can deal. Yeah. You, I'm going to get your ribbon. You need that second ribbon. That is, that is huge. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So when I moved to Poland, I was definitely the kid that avoided PE. I don't know if it's the way the school's over there or what it is, but I just did not enjoy, um, PE classes at all. Um, and we didn't really do much sort of outdoor activities, um, the only thing I loved was basketball. Um, I dribbled up and down that court, sort of like you said with netball, like the high energy. That was me. I was like back and forth down that court. I wasn't too bad. I got in people's ways. I stole that ball off people, but don't expect me to shoot or, you know, rebound I'm the ball. I'm literally picturing <laughs> you like a pocket rocket going up and down with the ball. Like yep, just that's how I play like- basketball. Boom, 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 boom. Yes, which is why I can't play netball because if I had to stick in one spot, I couldn't do it. I have to be able to just be like... Everywhere and anywhere. Um, but, yes, and, and for anyone who doesn't know, I am five foot tall, so the fact that I love basketball is quite comical. <laughs> so um, after high school, I played a bit of basketball socially with my friends, but um, nothing really major. I dabbled a bit in, you know, going to the gym to try and stay fit, but it wasn't really my thing at the time. I then met my partner and... He had just started uni and he was like, look, I'm going to play American football at Curtin. And I was like, why? We're in Australia. Two, you live in Mandra and you already, you know, travel to Curtin to go to uni and now you're just going to stay back and do training. Okay. I did not understand why. Did not get what he was doing there for so long. I get it more now. But at the time I was like, why would you do that? Um, so I went to games and I watched him play and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. So I was like, I was that girlfriend on the sideline that was like explaining all the rules to all the other girlfriends. It was pretty pretty fun. Um, so then I decided, you know what, I'm going to join the board. I'm going to help the club out here, here and there where I can. 
And I feel like most women, from what I've seen, sort of get involved in, like, the social side of club boards first. So I organised, like, their awards nights and tried to organise some other social gatherings and things like that. So I think that's a great way to get started on a club board. Um, and sort of similar to you, I saw the lingerie league, but I was like, I can't, I can't, there's no way I could do that. Um, so instead I played a little bit of flag, which is like a non-contact version. Um, but later down the track at flag, actually, I met someone who was training with the lingerie league and she said, look, we've changed completely. We're a new league now. We're called the ladies gridiron league. Why don't you come down, check it out. So I went down and made the team. We played in short yeah, shorts and crop tops at that time. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely where I really learned what my body could do. Like that period of time training with the, with those girls, them being such amazing athletes and really seeing what like what it means to hit someone hard, what it means to run fast. I think that's the first time I really saw people who were athletes. But, yeah, so it was a really good time uh, for me to learn sort of what I was capable of. Um, it taught me a lot, even though I warmed the bench for most of it, but still a Someone really Someone has to do it. Someone <laughs> has to do it. Um, now, after the season of um, the LGL, which we won, by the way, Yay. so I have a championship. <laughs> um, I didn't really know what to do with myself. So I decided to try a half marathon. So I trained and I trained and it got to a point where uh, I think we were around the 18K mark. So we would do like shorter runs through that the week and a long run on the weekend. And I was like, I can't run a half marathon. <laughs> but we got to race day and I finished it. Um, so pretty proud of that. But it, it is my first and only Um so running a half marathon would set me up really well to play footy. So I was like, all right, I'm going to give Aussie rules a go. Um, so I joined a team, went down to training, um, rolled my ankle in like the third training session ever, which was really fun, literally in a warm-up. And you know what? I wasn't very good. Um, what I was, I was great at, you know, scrapping through them, getting that ball to people, like getting that ball but disposing the ball. Not so good. Yeah, so how was your kicking? Because I've seen you kick, so tell everyone how your kicking was. Uh, look, it, it's not reliable. <laughs> look, look, I scored a goal. No, you didn't. Yeah, I scored a goal. Hell to the yeah, earth. It was in the goal square. Um, I scrambled around in there and got tackled high as I was going down to pick up the ball. And then um, the my opponent also gave up a 50-metre penalty, I think, so that's how I ended up in the goal square. Um, and then I kicked the ball at um, head height. But it went through the sticks and she didn't react in time to defend it. So really great soccer goal. So around the time that that season of footy finished, um, I got approached to start the Curtain Saints women's team. Hey, hey, hey. So, yes, I haven't really looked back. Um, I've had the pleasure of being captain for the Curtain Saints for every year but the last year. Um, apparently being pregnant means that you don't get voted in as captain, which <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I disagree. But, you know, no, I'm kidding. Um, I've also had the pleasure of being co-captain of the first ever WA Women's Raiders team. Um, so that was in 2018. Um, and yes, I think now I found my home. I think American football is my sport, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, and now I just like doing things in 
the off-season that support that sport. So um, I really like lifting weights now. So I gave powerlifting a go. Um, but, yeah, just making sure I keep fit. And now I'm in a post-baby recovery period. So <laughs> once again, some mental difficulty there, some struggles, learn, relearning what my body's capable of. And the president of the club now too. So I love how that you've just, just thrown that in there. Just I've got a little bit of experience when it comes to club leadership. I've played a few different sports. So how many years have you been president now for? Uh, this will be my third year. Third year. And you were first pre- female president of the club? Yeah, that's yes. correct. And killing it, obviously. Especially. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a standard easiest thing job now. in the world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that you say that you haven't, obviously, yours is, like, small and, you know, you weren't that sporty. And, like, I watching you now would never think that you were not sporty at all. But then I feel like you underestimate your life story as well I love that you've come in later and then you still dominate like I think it just shows us being such different athletes and coming from different pathways kind of shows and demonstrates that a it doesn't matter when you started what age you started where you started that sport you're able to do anytime anywhere and it's such a good outlet and just a positive thing to have on your life what sort of thing are we looking for for this podcast, do you think? For this podcast, I think it's really important for us to interview those that are dominating at their sport, whether that be at a top level or a lower level. And even when I say dominating, not even so. Like I want to find out about sports that I didn't even know existed. I want to get them out for people to be aware of them. I want young girls to give sport a try even if it's a sport that they were like, oh, I'd never do that, but then they might find out about a new sport that we didn't even know about that they can go and join. Like, yeah, I just want to promote it. Yeah, I think it's really cool that we can sort of show that um, it doesn't really matter when you start. Yeah. Um, and I guess that there's more to sports than just, you know, running around and um, being athletic, that it, it can be sort of a lifestyle or where you find your community. Yes, so I guess we just want to hear from you. Um, so if you're starting a new club, if you're celebrating a massive anniversary for your club, or even if your club just wins a game after not winning one for, you know, 10 years, um, if you have um, any great stories for your team or your club, let us know. Um, you can email us at podcast at womeninsportwa.com or you can find Women in Sport on Facebook and Instagram. No, honestly, we just want to be able to showcase all sports and every sports and just get it out there. And there's some amazing talent out there that I think needs to be showcased. And that's what we want to do. So Mm -hmm. hit us up. Yep. And we can't wait to hear your stories.